Welcome to Five Star Weekly, everybody. Atlanta United are unfortunately on a different type of streak now. But can we turn it around Wednesday night against our expansion rivals? We're gonna get into all of that and more coming up. Welcome to the show, Five Star Fam. I'm AJ, this is Mark. And wherever it is you get your pods, subscribe, share, and leave us a good rating. You can also find all our content on the Ginnico USA platform anywhere in the world on Amazon Fire TV, Roku, iOS, Google Play, and many other streaming platforms. Coming to you guys from an 80 degree studio in Atlanta where there is no air conditioning because it has broken. Uh, hoping to get this fixed very soon, but we are in a sauna right now. But we are here for you guys and we're gonna break down this match. And yes, so Atlanta United, it's two losses back to back for the first time since 2017. And in all competitions, we are 0-7-1 when conceding the first goal. That is just not good numbers. No. Not no. at all. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, and so let's get into this match against Real Salt Lake. Uh, just a Friday night nightmare, really, in my opinion. Um, mm. You know, not a fantastic first half. Kind of a trap, kind of a slog. Mm. Uh, you know, they get their goal from distance, which is uh, kind of... Kind of surprises us a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we have some fight back. We get back into the match. And then it's just a heartbreaker at the end. I think, uh, you know, this is one of the worst tasting matches that I've, like, ever had to experience from LA United, I think. Uh, especially losing two in a row in this fashion. It's just, yeah, it's not exactly a, uh, a fantastic um, you know, Friday weekend, Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> Absolutely not. It, it's it's a bitter pill to swallow for sure. I mean, yeah. I was trying to think of uh, the worst losses in the United history after this. Yeah, one. this I isn't think, it, but it's close. It's, oh man, <laughs> uh, it reminds me of Dallas last year, almost, yeah. almost. But it actually, yeah. you know, at least they played well in that Dallas game. Right. This one, it was like the performance. Did, yeah. did it really uh, warrant a result? I mean, I know the yeah. boards of the opinion that it did. Uh -huh. I'm not convinced. Yeah, I mean, because, yeah, we, we had some fight back, uh, but in terms of on a whole, like, if you're looking at the majority of the match, yeah, we didn't look like we were going to be winning it. And we looked like we were trying to go for the draw at the end, and that's what mm -hmm. kind of bit us in the ass because, you know, we get a little bit less aggressive, uh, where we're just trying to see out the match, and it's not exactly how we uh, foresaw it for sure at all. Uh, we thought a you know match that's a little bit more back and forth would be a little bit more uh, conducive to us, but I think it comes down to the fatigue, lack of legs, all that travel back and forth from the MLS scheduling gods or devils. <laughs> I would say even uh, it's just uh, you know it's terrible in terms of uh, on their legs so far yeah. they look dead yeah absolutely dead and, and i mean even yeah. coming into this week you know with uh we mentioned this with salt lake they did not have to travel because they played their last match at home as well yeah atlanta gets one less day of rest and they have to travel so really yeah. uh, salt lake had a couple more days exactly you have that and then yeah they look way more energetic they look way more like they wanted it and that's uh, yeah i'll well. say this as well you know the goals you might say, okay, they're really good goals, kind of lucky, but mm -hmm. honestly, that's what Salt Lake does. They true. try to get into mm -hmm. those positions and fire at will. I mean, they have the players to do it, mm -hmm. Salcedo and Severino being two of them. Yeah, and Rusnak uh, didn't even get you know uh, his due uh, in this match, but yeah, he's a guy to 
really get into the MLS goal of the week conversations week after week. So it's, yeah, I mean, they're just a team that likes to shoot from distance. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see if uh, that's something that uh, is a weakness for LA United. It seems like, at least in this match, it looks like it was or something. But yeah, uh, but yeah getting into this match, uh, at least from the start, uh, you saw a little bit of rotation. Nagby yeah. moves into the 10 role. You have Pereira coming in for his MLS uh, debut start. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, and that's for Tito, of course. Um, yeah, and then I think what it was Parky coming back in uh, at left back. I mean, it wasn't a ton of rotation, and that's where it's kind of... Oh, and Escobar, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah no. Sorry, yeah. Uh, no, so it was, sorry, Parky in for Escobar. Yeah. Trying to just remember it, guys, sorry. And, uh, yeah, so it was kind of a, a different-looking 11 in that mm -hmm. sense where you didn't see a lot of flow from the team because uh, not only just legs, but the familiarity with each other. I think Pereira from the start, uh, it gives a different look from that left side. And also Nagby, when he is in that 10 role, isn't the most convincing in my opinion. No, yeah. I think this was more of a three central midfielders setup more than yeah. anything, especially the more way like a four, Nagby three, three, Yeah, yeah, because mm -hmm. yeah, Nagby's not a true 10. Yeah. You know, he makes those line breaking passes. Mm -hmm. You know, he can, get the ball to the guy who makes the assist or makes the play, mm -hmm. but he's not necessarily going to be that playmaker. And I think yeah. I think you saw that, you know, and- at Yeah, the he's the, a deep lying playmaker more so, I think, and a guy that can, um, you know, always be available between the lines, but in terms of that final ball, it's just a little wanting a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And that's where it's, uh, it's difficult, I think, in this match, uh, you know, Nagby and Pereira don't really, Kind of link up a ton it's uh Pereira and Joseph like there's not a whole lot of connection there Gressel I think is absolutely knackered at this point yeah. no legs and you could you could see that already when he came in against Vancouver Whitecaps yeah. I mean it's just one of those things where like dude needs it my man needs a rest yeah like, I mean he's he has two goals and two assists and he's been stuck on those numbers for yeah for a while and yeah. it's I think it's because of that lack of rest and kind of guys to be able to sub in for them and is that a you know an indictment on Frank DeBoer or is it an indictment on our roster or is it an indictment on the players it's, you it's know it's yeah yeah I mean like going back to the starting lineup uh our top three creative players are Ezekiel yeah. Barco, Tito Vialba and Petey Martinez yeah and none of them were well Petey was available he comes in but yeah. he did not start and that's understandable right because he's played a lot mm -hmm. and it's unfortunate that Tito got hurt Right. But uh, at the end of the day, when you're missing all of that creativity, I think it showed up. I mean, right. the uh, the final count of shots from open play was 14 to seven. Yeah. You know, like we, yeah. when does Atlanta United get doubled up on shots? Not exactly. often. Exactly. And so yeah, it's they're working us around the park. They're uh, you know creating their shots almost at will, and we can't do anything about it. We are chasing shadows. We are giving them way too much space. Right near the D, it's just, uh, you know, kind of uncharacteristic things. I think it's that, uh, that product of fatigue. And uh, yeah, I mean, with that, uh, with their first goal for RSL, it's a shot from distance yeah. from Bofu Saucedo and Saucedo. I mean, it's just, it's one of those shots that, um, you know, Lorenowitz, he's not close enough. He's, he's not. not closing him down. Uh, and then between he and I believe LGP, there's a miscommunication and Saucedo just gets an open look. And uh, Guzan, I mean, yes. Um, you know, I feel like it's one of these things and I'm, I think I'm gonna 
uh, you know, bang on him a little bit about this. Shots from distance are a little bit uh, his undoing so far in 2019. Um, you know, you remember against the Philly Union where there was a shot from distance from the rookie that nutmegs, I believe, uh, I think Miles Robinson, and uh, yeah, just gets through the legs and you know he just falls down. Yeah. It's one of those things where he maybe should do better or could do better, but it is also, you know, I think the guy's not closing down, and yeah. so it's. Uh, I think yeah. it's a symptom. I think he, you know, is a guy that uh, can control the box. He can yeah. command it, and you know, headers or like crosses coming in, he can handle that. It's just a matter of those shots from distance are really an undoing, especially in this match right I mean, now. Yeah, I mean, maybe a Zach Steffen can save those, you know, or sure. quicker keepers. I, yeah. And I will say that Guzan's uh-huh. not the quickest, right. but then I think. Your defenders know that, you know what yeah. I mean? Like these guys have played together for a while now. I think yeah. defense, the relationship between defense and goalkeepers is important. Yeah. Atlanta United, I think at their best, close down shots to where even the shots that do eventually come off, mm-hmm. you know, they're saveable. They're right. not too difficult for Guzan. Right. In this case, that did not happen. Right. There was the uh, the save, uh, I believe in the first half, where he had that very strong right arm to uh, see one of the, the chances off uh, for a corner. Uh, but other than that, I mean, it's just, you know, we, we get killed from distance in this match. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, I think the the definite positives in this match was that when PT and Escobar came in, I think those were the right moves from Frank de Boer uh, in terms of substitutions because they were immediate impacts. Like when PT came in, I mean, just to, you know, set up our goal alone, you know, yeah. we, we we're just creating a ton of chances when they when they came in. You could see that the energy changed, uh, and you can see what happens when you have a an energetic PT versus a tired defense. Mm-hmm. It's really what you need, and that's what PT can offer yeah. because that creativity led to uh, you know he's that's a line splitting pass uh, from the right side from PT, yeah. which I think is a good side for him to be on because he can uh, either cut in or he can you know um, you know create from the wings. Franco Escobar with a beautiful touch uh, to get to the byline. You know, all you have to do is uh, just really square ball, and then Joseph Martinez meets it at the near post. I think uh, you know it's a it's a beautiful goal, and it's a kind of reminiscent goal of yesteryear. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like this, uh, obviously the highlight of the match for Atlanta United, and it, it was a really well worked goal. And yeah. I yeah, you totally agree in terms of uh, you know you immediately see the impact of Petey. Uh, I really love that Escobar, that Petey went wide and Escobar makes the underlapping run. You yes. don't see that too often, but yeah. it's actually really sophisticated. And mm-hmm. It's encouraging that the team can create goals like that. Right. So, uh, you know, it's... Yeah, it, it's uh, you like to see that uh, because, you know, you know what you can get from a Franco Escobar and a Petey Martinez when they're fully fit, lots of energy, mm-hmm. uh, and can come in and make a difference, in which they did. Yeah. But, um, so in terms of that, I think there's that's you know almost the only positive of this match. Uh, it's not a ton. Yeah. Uh, I think Parky getting forward pretty often is uh, a good sign if he's playing right back. I mean, in terms of that. But I think the 
lack of uh, you know just the ability in the final third that's of course is undoing yeah um, so maybe you don't actually want to see him too much I mean on, he was one-on-one uh, -on -one with the goalkeeper but then it's yeah. like it's Michael Parker's and that's not an yeah. insult to the player the quality he is but he, yeah most he, center backs are yeah. not Perez <laughs> exactly right exactly and you know he's he's running from the right side he's making a lot of stuff happen from yeah. uh, from right back and you know he could have played in Joseph it just didn't happen I don't think he's got that vision as uh, you know an outfield player is just you know not his mo and uh, so it's unfortunate but uh, and again you know the fight from the boys you know dead legs or not I think uh, they were still fighting to the end even till the last second it was just a matter of sometimes the mind wants to do something and your body just can't can't do it and I think that's the case in this uh, point normally I think it's not an excuse but I think you know six and 19. Exactly. Uh, in terms of six matches in 19 days yes. and about to be 8 and 28 by the month, uh, the end of the month. Yeah, it's mm. so uh, in terms of some of the negatives, uh, again, I think it's we don't create a lot of chances. We only have 10 shots in this match uh, and against a team that's pretty open. I mean, I think you figure, you know, if we were a little bit more energetic and had uh, you know our legs under us we probably should and would create more uh, I think the lack of familiarity definitely played its part um, you know it's just also Eric Rometty kind of had to single out a little bit in this mm -hmm. match not his best match yeah yeah I mean like and he's he's uh, made himself so important to the team since he's come in so you know when he doesn't play well or he's not playing it sticks out yeah 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 he uh you know he's not connecting a lot of passes in this in this yeah. match it's uh you know they're not closing down very well he's not really pressing it's it's just not his uh not his best match for sure it's no. uh it's a symptom of this fatigue i think, I think so. um and you know i think <laughs> you know for rail salt lake also like they were just really really good at creating those shots from distance that uh, just really hurt us yeah. uh, and something we couldn't control. Also, another part uh, is, you know, the referee maybe could have whistled a little earlier. Jair Marufo, <laughs> yeah, it's like the end of the match, you know, it gets to like, essentially we had three minutes of stoppage and it's like essentially three to, you know, three minutes to 30 seconds, uh, you know, gone. And it's it should have been called, yeah. essentially. Yeah, I mean, you know, because... It's it's tough, and, you know. So that type of uh, that type of match, it's uh, you know, you want it to end when the final <laughs> whistle should be called. It's yeah, because uh, referees do give some you know yeah, some, some leeway. leeway when the team is on the attack. Yeah. But then it's like when whistle, when did that attack really start? Right. Yeah. It, it's and that's that's the issue I think as well. I mean, yes, we didn't close down uh, well enough. So in their second goal, let's break it down. You know, it's essentially, um, you know, Savarino, like he gets the ball when essentially Darnton Nagby, uh, you know, he's not closing down uh, my man in the middle and he basically uh, finds him without, you know, Nagby really cutting off any passing lanes. Yeah. And, you know, LGP has to come out. Yeah. He, it's not arguably his man and he gets... Uh, kind of beat for, you know, dribbling and pace, mm -hmm. and yeah. Honestly, LGP was 
on him yeah. when he released the shot. That was a, I mean. He wasn't in front of him, and I think that's the issue. Yeah, it's but, but it's still. Of legs. Yeah, exactly. But you know, like, even to pull that shot off with yeah. someone, like, kind of next to you like sure. that, yeah. it is a quality goal. I think. Absolutely, it is. Yeah, you know, and I think part of the issue here is the approach. Mm -hmm. You know, at the end of the day, when you try to hold out for a certain result, yes. This is what can happen. Exactly. You, yeah, like the announcer is even, uh, God, these announcers, we haven't gotten to that yet. That's the biggest negative, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, like, you know, going uh, from there, everybody's expecting a shot almost at this point. It's like, you don't have anything to lose. Yeah. Like, it's, you know, pretty much counting down. I mean, take a shot, have a, have a have go. Have a shot, yeah. That's and, uh, you know, Guzan, you can't do anything about this, no. but it is... You know, another shot from distance that gets him, and I think that's, it's just, it's tough. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's something that is starting to be symptomatic, and I hope it's not something that is a really big pattern in this season. But, um, you know, you've seen, but we've seen the team hold yeah. out for results, in, yeah. even in this run. I mean, the win yeah. against Colorado, the uh -huh. win against Orlando. We talked about this. Yeah. You know, if those teams had quality players who could finish, yeah. we're maybe talking about a different result in those matches. And you see that in this match. Yeah. Salcedo, Rusnak, Baird, yeah. Severino. If you look at their shots and, you know, on this, uh, this map here, essentially it's a ton of shots from distance. And, you know, well, at least it's, uh, yeah, six of them from distance, maybe seven. Um, they were testing us all came from distance. Yeah. It's, you know, something that they were targeting for sure. And it's tough. I mean, you know, they maybe found a weakness of ours that, uh, you know, we are able to deal with, especially with dead, dead legs. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, you know, so you have um, not only that, but... Let's get to these announcers. Dear God. <laughs> I mean, these two uh, on Unimas, on Twitter, it is horrid, horrid. Uh, just Loretta Wicks. You've got, oh, uh, yeah, you've got that. You've got every single name just kind of like, just a little, it's extra. It's just so much extra. There's and, a lot of extra that goes into, I mean, oh, did you the final goal? No, 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 no. Yeah, uh, yeah. So. It, no, it's not a goal. <laughs> That's a golazo. I, I wanted to uh. just murder them. <laughs> but, because, <laughs> yeah, I think our, our, our good buddy Payson Swin had on uh, Twitter, uh, he tweeted something to the uh, effect of like, oh, okay, um, you know, that glimmer of hope where the announcers say, you know, oh, that's not a goal. Like, oh, oh yeah. could, could this be offside? <laughs> like, somehow, magically, right. something else is like... Maybe VAR no? to the rescue? And it's like, oh, no, no, it's a galasso. It's like, oh, oh murder yourself. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, so uh, with this, then, uh, let's get to the post-match quotes. Uh, we're having a little fun at the announcer's expense because that's all we can do when such a drab result happens. And again, oh, I apologize for uh, no fan cams and uh, you know a player ratings video or something like that after that match. It is just it's a Friday night. It's six and nineteen. It's been a grueling season, so I you know very much apologize. We will uh, yeah all be uh, you know trying to do better, of course. But um, yeah, so, we got you. We got you. Yeah, but we got you going forward, fam. But uh, let's get into the post-match quotes. And one of the most notable things that Frank DeBoer said, uh, I'll let you read it. I mean, it's, uh, it's very interesting, I think. I think so, yeah. It wasn't in front of me. I had shouted, make a foul, make a foul, because they were trying to escape, and we have to recognize that in that moment. 
We still didn't do that and they kept on going. Every time it's like a domino. It just drops, it goes, and every time we are too late. Of course, you can say it's a good goal, but it cannot happen. We have to make the foul much easier on their half and then we can settle back behind the ball. Then it's no problem. It really was the last second they scored that goal and we can blame ourselves for that. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, it's something where they should have fouled earlier and if it was, I mean, I think some of them were arguing that uh, the you know chance that they make could have gotten uh, from a free kick might have been just as dangerous and you see how good they are at uh, shooting from distance but I think it's the last last kick essentially like you try to stop the match essentially especially when the ball was on the wing like before Nagby engages yeah. him like that would have been a good place to follow because then they have to Absolutely. play in a free kick that they have to maybe find a head. Alina is decent at defending those situations. Yeah, our, our set piece defending has been really, really good this year, much better than in years past. So at least in that regard, uh, that's been an improvement for us this season. But um, yeah, and in terms of uh, you know uh, talking about some of the the players, in terms of uh, Dion Pereira, and it was his first MLS start, of course. Uh, Frank de Boer said that. You know, uh, his start, he thought he did really well, that it was a hard match to and you know, that he had to cover a lot of work, but I think uh, he did really well and he can be proud of his performance. Um, I think, yeah, I think generally on a whole, without having really affected the match too much, he was, uh, you know, maybe left wanting a little, but I think he brought some energy to that left side. Uh, something that we needed, but you know, I think all in all, it's that lack of familiarity that kind of plagued this match. I mean, I think so. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see Pereira alongside a PD or Barco. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, like uh -huh. where he's not There's continuity. Exactly, and yeah. where he's not dependent off of creativity. Maybe he can be a little more direct. You know, right. I think that's the role. Uh, I think and. Uh, yeah. His role makes sense in that lineup. Right, exactly. Yeah, he he provides that energy and like it's almost Tito like, but he doesn't have the uh, you know creative uh, ability yet in this mm -hmm. team. But I think it's it's just coming. It's just a matter of you know getting that chemistry with the team. Uh, but I think right now his best suited uh, thing, at least for him, is to run at defenses sure. um, and just be as direct as possible and try to either get a shot off or you know lay it off to Joseph, something like that. But yeah, um, yeah so in terms of uh, the post-match quotes, that wraps it up for that. But uh, some interesting uh, kind of stats, if you will, coming out after the match that... Uh, in terms of the, the days of rest, we'll put this graphic up. It's from Mike Conti of 92.9. Uh, the days of rest between the matches, uh, between us and our opponents, there's kind of a drastic um, you know, difference between us and them. I think the difference, you know, the major ones being us uh, versus Columbus yeah. and us in New England. I mean, those were uh, still, I mean, look at that. You know, we didn't win those matches. Sure. You well, we, we we beat New England, but we, we didn't exactly. We, we didn't, didn't beat Columbus, and yeah. so that's you know yes, that's a, a rain plagued, uh, different crazy match. Sure, but, but. Uh, and then you have you know where it's 
uh, a little uneven. I think definitely, yeah. you know, near the beginning, of course. But yeah, um, Listen, and just for context, in the beginning, yeah. that was Champions League play. That's right. why there was a difference in the schedule. Uh -huh. And had Atlanta advanced, it actually would have. Uh, yeah, probably know. complicated things even more. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, yeah, and hopefully some matches would have been moved and whatnot right. if, it, if it were. But um, you know, in terms of this, I think it's also slightly a red herring because. You know, it's not just these days before that. If you look at it, like, if they had played, you know, a good run of matches before that, our opponent, I mean, they pretty much could have uh, gone through that type of fatigue same for them. You know, it, it's like this. If they had played 6 through 19 and then had 7 days rest before that, they'd still be tired. It'd still be, like, and especially with cross-country travel, I mean, so... It's, uh, I think, you know, with that, it's a little bit of a red herring, but it yeah. is interesting to see nonetheless. I will say, like, I think from Orlando is when it starts to get a little dicey. I mean, Orlando had yeah. a full week when Atlanta had three days, fine. But then the midweek trip to Vancouver, I yeah. think, is where MLS kind of loses the plot. That's the longest trip Atlanta has to make. Right, and then they come back east. To the east, to the east And they'll coast. come back west. Yeah. And they'll go back east. Like, yeah. that's, I, so from that, I can understand why the team is tired. Yeah, Before absolutely. that, though. Exactly. Mm. And that's why we arguably did better in that little time frame, albeit it was against weaker sides that maybe weren't as dangerous going forward and so that maybe is the difference there so yeah. um you know there's just a lot of factors coming into play but it's an interesting graphic to look at so uh that wraps it up for the rsl match and let's get into the news and braguzan i mean it is just uh you know say what you will about his goalkeeping in this past match or you know the past few matches or whatever um i think though still you know this guy is a stand-up citizen Absolutely. he uh just moments after the match he gets with the unified team he's still rah-rah uh hands in and they're all you know just fighting for the same cause and i mean just to be able to, you know, almost forget that. Yeah. Not that you want him to forget that, but it is, you know, in, you see how good of a person he is. Exactly. In the in the moment, yeah, I think it's forgivable, and I, mm -hmm. I think it shows that Guzan's really enthusiastic about yeah. this project and right. you know the unified team. I, I think yeah. it's fantastic that somebody who's kind of the face of the club, really and mm -hmm. truly, uh, takes such interest in this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think Gressel and uh, Parky joined him on the sidelines after this, but still, it's just yeah, yeah. great to see after that match, and it's uh, kind of that caveat of uh, of good after this. Uh, mm -hmm. This is kind of a heartbreaker of a match. Yeah. But uh, let's move on to where the All Star votes uh, are. Uh, available now, it is commenced. You can vote on Atlanta United players. There are some notable uh, omissions, and I think it's probably because the team actually votes who are, you know, puts in who they uh, have who should be voted in. I think, though, maybe it's the beginning of the season and in the beginning of the season you didn't see maybe a miles robinson right. you know being such a big cog in this team yeah. so a person like parky coming in that's where it's like oh, i mean parky okay right you know or an lgp or it's like yes miles robinson probably has been our best center back not probably yes definitively probably yeah. But um, I think in that that <clears throat> sense, it's like, yeah, it, it is a travesty that Miles Robinson doesn't get yeah. uh, kind of the vote. But there is the commissioner's vote, but I'm not so sure the commissioner is going to vote in Miles Robinson. He's going to vote in the likes of if, you know, a you know last year it was Wayne Rooney. 
you know. Oh, yeah. And stuff like that. Or Zlatan, I think, or is what yeah. it was. And so it's like that. He's going to vote in a guy that is going to bring a lot of optics into the league. Yeah. I'm not sure it's going to be Miles Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean it's, uh, it's debatable as to whether we even want our guys to participate in this. Exactly. And that's the bigger question. Uh, also, yeah, no Rometty as well. I mean, that's, that's a shame as well for him. Sure. Uh, but... <laughs> Is it worth voting in our players? I mean, there's a large contingent or maybe a, a vocal minority uh, on social media that are, you know, kind of advocating for the, the fan base to not uh, vote for our players. Yet, I think currently our players are still in the top uh, maybe all, three. They're going to. I mean, yeah. we're, we're the best fans in the league. So. Yeah, we're the, that we have a, such a large fan base as yeah. well. And... Uh, but that's where it's, you know, also it's at Atlanta City Stadium, so it's like, you know, enemy territory, it's like, yeah, I mean... My big issue is that it's midweek. I mean, like, yeah, first of sure. all, if you want to showcase this match, have it on the weekend, take, like, take a week off in the sure, league. Sure, I mean, yeah. but Major League Baseball also does it on a weekday as well, so, you know, there is that. It, yeah. it does become a thing where, yeah, like, uh, are people actually tuning into the All-Star game? That's sure. a whole different thing as well. Uh, but... Worth voting in our players, you know, there is a chance for them to get injured. There's that. There is the uh, kind of uh, cross-country travel that would happen as well because, uh, you know, yeah, they had, would have just come from Los Angeles because, the like, the closest match would have been against LAFC. Oh. So, yeah, it's that, that, uh, that run-up. Oh, and God. so you have that, uh, yes, uh, from Atlanta to Orlando, it's not as bad, but it's still another trip for them on their legs. And then we play LA Galaxy. Some are advocating to vote LA Galaxy. And, <laughs> you know, Zlatan gets my vote. Yeah, Zlatan, you get just, you know, uh, Gio, or not Gio, but uh, the Dos Santos brother, Jonathan uh, mm. Dos Santos. Uh, you know, just vote as many of their guys in, and then let's, uh, you know, let's see. But, um, <laughs> yeah. so... I mean, is it? Is it that? It's, I think it's you vote at your own volition. Sure. Is my thing. Yeah, yeah. You do you. But what I will say though, for like the best players, like Joseph, who's been in the All Star game, yeah. for Petey, who's like has gotten so many plaudits in the past, it's like, what is that? What does the All Star game really mean to these guys at this sure. point? Sure. And you know, it, it is true. I don't, I don't think PT Martinez would really be like super appreciative of it, maybe. I mean, I think he would be honored, but I think. Yeah. You know, in terms of what the competition would be, be like, okay, I mean, maybe this is, uh, maybe an audition for him at the world stage. So maybe you know, because Miguel Miron versus Real Madrid uh, look pretty lively. You know, there is that little aspect of his, it's being an audition. So uh, you know, there is a little bit of that. It's kind of putting your players in the shop window on the world stage. Yeah, sure. So you know, there's arguments for, there's arguments against. You vote at your own volition. So. Again, though, um, you know, speaking of plaudits, Atlanta United, they have been named the sports team of the year by Sports Business Journal. That is a huge, huge honor. Um, yeah, it's just Atlanta United, I think, w was there going to be another? I mean, come on, you know, like second year team winning MLS Cup. Too bad. But you know, the, they were up against some stiff competition. I mean, the yeah. Warriors were in there. The uh, I want to say the uh, Vegas Golden Knights were in there. Yeah. You know, so I mean, these. Yeah. They're some true. of the biggest sports in. I mean, some of the biggest teams in America. Right. And I think though, you know, you have a, 
a team winning in their second year of existence versus the Warriors. Warriors had, you know, they've they've won some championships sure. recently. It's it's one of those things. And, you know, plus they have five All Stars on. But not a starting. lot. Not a lot of MLS teams win this. I think this, we're the it's only true. second MLS team to win yeah. this. So I mean, you know, yeah, this wasn't bad. a freebie by any man. No, absolutely not. Uh, and I think, you know, story-wise, LA United in terms of breaking records, in yeah. terms of, uh, you know, just everything around the team, it was 2018 was special. Yes. So I think it's something to be cherished, and that's uh, a nice little cherry on top, if you will. Also, the Benz was named the Sports Facility of the Year also by Sports Business Journal. Also a big congrats to uh, everybody who uh, is a part of Mercedes-Benz Stadium because, yeah, it's a top-class uh, facility, they essentially uh, make it as amenable to anybody that is inside the stadium. You know, it's just so many things that uh, you know you want. They have, yeah. You know, you, if it's you know uh, fan friendly pricing for food, if it's uh, you know, not a bad seat in the house. Yeah, honestly. exactly. You know, you have that. You have the massive Halo board that uh, gives us. Just a fantastic view of a lot of things if we need it. Yeah. It's just... Uh, I know. haven't gotten tired of it. <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a first-class facility. And, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's... it's uh, I'm glad to be at the Benz for sure. I know there are some people that are, you know, still wanting to go back to Bobby Dodd. But, uh, you know... No. Do you want to play in 96 degrees? Exactly. Do you want to sit in 96 degrees? Yeah. I mean, we're already doing this uh, <laughs> in 80 degrees. Yeah, I know. Weather in here. Oh, my God. Yeah, so, but... <laughs> You know, it's it's we're, we're powering through right now. Yeah, but uh, we love you. yeah, exactly. And uh, so also, um, you know, there is the Campeones Cup that has just uh, been announced in terms of the date. It's August 14th, and we will be playing the winner of Liga Emekis. It's uh, kind of complicated, and uh, you know, we can maybe explain it at a later date when it gets closer. Because even if we explain it now. You guys are going to forget until <laughs> August anyway. You know, it's just like the Campeones Cup. Uh, essentially, it's uh, the you know winner of MLS and winner of Liga MX facing off against each other. And beyond that, that's pretty much what you need to know. Uh, it's a nice competition in its second year. Uh, yeah. And so uh, I think I believe it was Toronto and I believe it was Tigres. I, I think so, yeah. But, uh, and I think Liga Emekis won it last year. But yeah. uh, And I could be wrong. I'm going off of memory here. But uh, you can correct me in the comments below. Um, yeah. And so Ezekiel Barco, he's been balling out. Woo! Has he, man? Yeah. So, uh Zeke made his U20 World Cup debut. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saturday. 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 Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, he he had a brace, but that does not even really. Yeah, it doesn't describe how how good this Whew. volley is. We're showing you right now. Holy yeah. crap! This ball from over the top and to hit it side foot side net. First time. Woo. That ball is it coming in the air. I actually did not realize that at first. I thought it was on the ground. It's in the air. He takes it out of the air yeah. and put places it just inside the post. And the penalty he took, yeah. top bins. I mean... Strong penalty, strong penalty. So, 5-2 win over South Africa. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, he's showing it on the world stage now. May it continue. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just... 
love to see this because yeah, it's uh, putting him in the shop window, and mm-hmm. you can, you can definitely expect dollar signs Absolutely. next to his name because of this performance. Even before that, though, I'm just happy for him to come back. Yeah. And bring this play back to Atlanta. Right. He showed this like in the final match, of course, before yeah. he left. So, mm-hmm. but I mean, the form he's in right now, this is MVP level form if he can keep it up. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, uh, yeah, moving on. Uh, unfortunately, PG Martinez has not made the Argentina squad. Uh, to be fair, there are a lot of uh, also very good players that haven't made it as well. I think, uh, uh, who was it? Dybala doesn't make it. I think uh, Mauro Icardi doesn't make it. Icardi didn't make it. Icardi didn't make it. Dybala um, isn't. Dybala isn't. Yeah. yeah. And so, but, sure. Yeah. yeah, you know, you have a lot of guys that have missed out. On, I mean, Icardi, that's a whole different story. <laughs> Wanda. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a, if you're not familiar with the situation, look it up. Please Google it. do. Holy crap. Uh, it is like a soap opera and a half. Mm. But uh, anyway, so uh, condolences. But yeah, I mean. It's going to be tough for somebody who's not based in Europe, I think. Yeah, I mean, there is that and there is the other aspect of um, you know he hasn't been in the best form mm-hmm. uh, he took criticism even coming to MLS right some some would say in South America that oh you come to MLS you shouldn't expect to make the Argentina's team to begin with and stuff like that so you know it's up to him to break that stigma yeah. and I think he will it, you know just it's it's a patience game with PT Martinez because you know I think Clearly, the talent is there. We've seen it. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's in spurts, you know. And in, again, though, with the PT Martinez, he's not ever going to be a Miguel Miron. Right. Don't expect him to track back as much as Miguel Miron does. Or be as physical. Exactly. He's he's that classic number ten uh, that you know he's just not going to track back. He's uh, going to maybe be a passenger on some matches, but when he has that moment of magic, oh, boy, is it good. Yeah, and I, I was I'll. I'll roll back a little bit what I said. I think he's shown a little bit of physicality, you know, mm-hmm. being able to ride challenges and so on. But yeah, in yeah. terms of tracking back and, you know, putting in tackles and so on, that's just not who he is. Mm-hmm. And we don't want him to not be who he is. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yes, if uh, if he can add a little bit of work rate, that'd be awesome. But, you know, to expect that, yeah. Just, There's enough uh, players to, on this team who can do that anyway. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, let's move on. Yeah, so... There uh, is that interesting little bit because, you know, international break is coming up. Joseph Martinez would probably go away with Venezuela. Romario Williams probably go away with Jamaica. Tio Vijalba, if he uh, is not too injured, uh, would probably make Paraguay. And so, you know, all those guys are probably the you know, top choices to be striker. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting. Who's going to be our striker that's, if, you know, that's that's going to happen. It's just That's it's, our striker death chart right there. That's yeah. one, two, and three right there. Essentially. <laughs> so, you know, you have the likes of uh, Brandon Vasquez, who sure. is a guy who can handle being a nine. He has been injured, hasn't played yet this season. It's, uh yeah, I mean, to rely on a guy, uh, I don't know. It, it, it'll be... You know, tough to do that, I think. You have Gordon Wild, who played for the twos uh, this weekend as a striker. Mm. So you have that as well. Yeah, he's been playing as wingbacks as well. I think they're trying probably to, you know, maybe find some roles for him because he is a guy that is versatile and uh, knows how to find the back of the net as well. I think you might see a Joseph Samuel maybe uh, make some 18s. If not, you know, get a start if uh, all three are away. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's, it, you know, might even a Jackson Conway from, uh, you know, 
like just the academy just making Elena too who knows but our depth chart if we don't have those three, oh my god. Ooh, yeah, it's gonna be <laughs> tricky. I mean, I got two words for you. False nine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it could be that. I mean I could see a, a front three of yeah. maybe Barco, PD, and Gressel, you yeah. know, and mm -hmm. maybe work, work. Work, work some interchange. I mean, I, yeah, mm -hmm. it, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Frank the boy's gonna have his work cut out for sure. Exactly. Yeah, that's it's gonna be really interesting to see what uh, the the fans think of all those lineups when they come out. Yeah. But uh yeah, uh, also Andrew Carlton's brother Alan uh, he has also been balling out for the Allen uh, United Academy U14s. Uh, scored a goal and scored another goal in uh, not only the semifinals, but or uh, the quarterfinals and also the semifinals. And uh, yeah, he scored this banger right here. And you know, from yeah, at age 14, what were you doing, man? <laughs> <laughs> Not scoring bangers, I can tell yeah. you that much. God, dude, you know, yeah. it's, uh, you know, I think it, it's running in the family. Uh, whatever you want to say about Andrew Carlton, you can say it, but I think still, you know, there's a lot of talent in this family for sure. And, I mean, like, it's a fantastic uh, sign to see this performance from the U14s who are on their way to the final now of the Man City Cup. They've gone yeah. up against good competition. Yeah. And beating them, and you know, yeah. like not every single one of these players are gonna make it, but yeah. it's exciting to see who comes through Atlanta system and eventually plays with the first team, and maybe even moves on, a la Tyler Adams. Yeah, could be. I mean, that that's a really great hope. Hopefully, you get more uh, than New York Rebels fetched for him from RB Leipzig. But um, yeah, that's a dick, dick. But we gotta take our shots. Yeah, I know. We haven't beat him at, at uh, Red Bull Arena. We're gonna take all the shots we can. Uh, <laughs> but in terms of, uh, yeah, so also for, speaking of a former Red Bull and a former Five Stripe, Sal Zizo, the MLS veteran, kind of the nomad of MLS, has retired. Uh, yeah, he was pretty much our depth at right wing back or right back last season. Uh, I think he's been chilling with his family in Las Vegas, if his okay. Instagram reads correctly. Oh, okay. And, uh, Good for him. Yeah, and so, you know, uh, you know, best to him in his future endeavors. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he obviously didn't play a whole lot for us, but, you know, he still was on the podium winning that MLS Cup for us, so he was a part of it. So, uh, moving on to Atlanta United 2. Uh, they recently drew Charleston Battery, our former USL affiliate, 1-1 Saturday night at... MUSC Health Stadium. Uh, Laurent Kisidou, he scored his first goal of the season to earn this point. And also, there was a Kevin Kratz signing. Ah. Or sighting, rather. Which is midfield depth, yes, Yay. exactly. Returning, please. <laughs> oh, god, desperate. Uh, yeah, and is he gonna play a part in this weekend? Uh, maybe in this midweek game. We'll see. Yeah, we'll but see. Uh, so that does it for the news, and that gets us to the mailbag. You guys sent in these questions through IG story. Let's continue to send your questions in, and we might answer your question in the future. First question comes from Josuerdez. Do you think we are able to score more than one goal a game soon? <laughs> I'll let you. I'll let you have it first. No, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, uh, I do, I do actually, and you because of the performance of individual players, right? Mm -hmm. PD's coming into his own. Barco is in yeah. the best form of his life, maybe, and so yeah, they have the players to score two or three goals. I think what you're seeing more than anything else lately is fatigue, and this is a difficult, difficult mm -hmm. part of the schedule because of the schedule, mm -hmm. because of the player availability mm -hmm. or lack thereof. Mm -hmm. 
and you see where the boy's focus is. It's yeah. defense. You yeah. know, this he did this as Crystal Palace, which is part of the reason why they did not score a goal while he was there. Mm-hmm. But you know, and you you heard him talk about that goal and you know what they should have done. He's obviously a defensive-minded coach. Yeah, he's a former defender. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's kind of the the crux of it. Is that yeah? I think gone are the days where we win four three or three two. Exactly. Uh, it's more of a grind out one nil type of win, which. I mean, it's difficult. I mean, I think it's part of that, though. I think, though, uh, you know, Frank de Boer wants to impart that possession to be able to create as many chances as possible and score yeah. a lot. But you have that issue where uh, the legs, like you were saying, yeah. aren't under them. And so it also makes it difficult. I think the team, you know, they kind of realize sometimes they have to kind of see out a result sometimes. Yeah. They may not have to go for it. and. It kind of shows in the results, you, and it's difficult. It's tough to approach the say, the game the same way every week. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially when you are a high tempo, yeah. high energy type of team. Sometimes you just can't bring it. You yeah, know? and not the same way physically. But, yeah, and I think <clears throat> although unfortunately it's more often than not though the team hasn't uh, been scoring you know sure. a ton of goals. I think it's. It's not for the lack of chances yeah. most of the matches recently. It's for the lack of finishing. And it's definitely confidence and the conviction in front of goal that's been lacking sorely. Uh, and I think it comes from a little bit of you know the setup and the system early on where we were a little bit more defensive. Mm-hmm. And it's maybe putting that just you know proverbial handbrake on these players sure. even when they're not even meaning to. But I think once uh, the full team's back and we're rested and healthy, mm-hmm. It'll be Atlanta United like old, like old. Hopefully, hopefully, I, I think we all would love to see more goals. <clears throat> uh, and sure. yeah, if we can keep these uh, these shutouts going too, that'd, that'd be fantastic as well. Yeah. Next question comes from Just Call Me Doll. Is it time to take Guzan out and give him a rest? Mm, that's a tough one. I mean, like there's a drop off. Yeah, goalkeepers don't really need a whole ton of rest. Uh, yeah, he he can probably play the entire month. I mean, it's. I think he is who he is. Yeah, you know. Um, Maybe if you want to give it, if you think he needs a mental break, sure. sure. But I'm not, I'm not sure that he does. And yeah. there is a drop off between from Guzan to Khan. Yeah. It just or, or yeah, Brad Guzan to to Alec Camp. Yeah. Sorry. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Yes. And so uh, you know, there is that too, though. I mean, uh, if Can did come in, would it kind of maybe at least put a little bit of fire under Brad Guzan? Uh, you know, in the case of if he needed to feel like, okay, uh, you know, my position might be under fire. Like, I might need to worry about my distribution a little bit better or, you know, whatever, whatever. Uh, you know, sometimes it does help a little, but I think I'm not really so sure that it is really he, This issue. is a guy that's, like, close to the end of his career. Like, he yeah. has, what, maybe two, three more years at most. Yeah. So, you know, it's, yeah, I understand, like, maybe wanting to motivate him, but... I don't know if that's necessarily an issue anyway. It's just, like you said, he is who he is. Yeah, and uh, you know, all his flaws or his positives as well, I think that's that's the type of player he is. Next question comes from uh, Terminus United 83. Is it the travel or coaching these last two games? I couldn't tell. Now, I mean, I think it's it's kind of a little bit of uh, of both. Travel-wise, yes, absolutely. Going back and forth from West Coast to East Coast, Mm -hmm. absolutely will kill you. Coaching, um, I think, you know, the lack of rotation earlier, yes. uh, even here and there on some of our key players, I think that's where it did hurt us in these matches, plus the travel. Uh, because you saw our key players just have 
some of their worst matches, Eric, like an Eric Rometty, um, and then also putting Jonathan Nagby in the 10 rule, I, I can get the experiment, but I think that experiment should be done now. I think we see, <laughs> yeah. you know, in a fairly open game, you know, he wasn't able to dictate as much as, you know, you want him to. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think uh, I think the coaching is a reaction to the travel Yeah. <clears throat> as well. And then you've seen uh, some experimental lineups, Pereira getting his first start, Miram getting his first start. So if that, you know, if Pereira played a little more before, maybe, but yeah. it's... Yeah, I think some would argue that uh, Florentine Pogba uh, probably should have come in to this match, gave LGP a rest, that type of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it could have been. I mean, this could have been that type of match. But, you know, uh, it, it is very, very tough. I think, uh, you know, playing against a, a New York Rebels, I think, in the past match. Yeah. To see who you want to rotate out, it's difficult. But, you know, I think maybe against a Colorado Rapids or, you know, against, uh, you know, just one of the weaker sides, yeah. probably seeing a little bit more rotation then maybe would be uh, just a little bit what the doctor ordered. But uh, last question comes from NDMOS8. What's our strongest lineup? Everybody is fit and healthy. Well, see first. yeah, sure. Uh, so my back line would be Escobar, Perez, Miles. I'm still going to hold out on Bello. I think that Bello is the mm -hmm. best left back that we have. Mm -hmm. uh, midfielders, Nagby, Rometty, forwards, I think our best lineup right now is Vialba, Petey, Barco and Joseph. I know yep. leaving Gressel out, he has been struggling a little bit. Maybe mm. it's fatigue. Yeah. Maybe it's lack of form. Right. But like what Tito has shown you, uh -huh. he's he's been direct. He's been creative. Uh -huh. He's been a problem for other teams. And yeah. I'd like to see him continue starting, honestly. And I'd like to see that group start together. Yeah. No, I, I can't argue with your eleven at all. I mean, it's. Uh, but I think you know, in that argument, uh, Bello hasn't really shown. Too much this year in terms of I guess that uh, Herediano yeah. uh, that wasn't too good, uh, so he hasn't proven himself, and so there is that. Uh, now it's the choice between Shea and Parky. Very tough because one's definitely a little bit more defensive. One offers just slightly more going forward. What about an Ambrose if he's healthy? Yeah, I think an Ambrose if he's healthy, I think probably is uh, probably our best left back, left wing back. Um, yeah, and it, which doesn't say a ton, obviously. Uh, but I think it's just the kind of depth that we have, and it's MLS, you know. Uh, love Mikey. It's just, you know, it's contained to MLS, you know. Um, in terms of, like, yeah, it's Gressel uh, versus Tito, I think, right, in sure. terms of that. Um, you know, Gressel definitely has performed in terms of his stats. Uh, I think that's where it's so tough, you know. It's like, you know, do you leave out a Gressel? It's just <coughs> harsh on him, I think, because... Yeah. He arguably has more stats than Tito. You know, but what do we does. always say about Tito? He would start for most teams. Yeah, agreed. You know, and he was a, a former DP of ours, essentially. And you have, you know, just his game-changing ability. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's tough. I mean, I can't argue with your eleven. I would add, yeah, Ambrose or Parkey as that left back. But yeah. Um, yeah. So that does it for the mailbag, and that gets us to the match preview. And it's this Wednesday against Minnesota United at the Benz. And, man, you know, they're in their hot streak, uh, if you will. They've won two in a row. Yeah. We've lost two in a row. Uh, you know, they're a team that uh, technically has more points than us. I mean, yes, there's a difference between the matches they play. 
yeah. know, what we play. Sure. But uh, so technically they are doing slightly better than us this year. Um, there was an interesting quote from uh, Adrian Heath where he was yeah. like, we finally have a team now. I mean, their their form hasn't been brilliant since that quote, Yeah. but they do actually have some pretty decent players. Yeah, they absolutely do for sure. And uh, you know, they've uh, they've beat the, uh, the likes of the Chicago Fire 2-0 recently. Uh, they, you know, have also played Columbus Crew to, I believe, a 1-0 loss. I think that's Or a it was win. a win. Yeah. 1-0 win. And, yeah. And so, you know, it, it's one of those things. Like, uh, they're playing much better than we've seen them in the past. You know, sure. definitely in the past. Uh, although, you know, they got us at the Benz because of uh, a crazy goalkeeper situation. Don't um, even remind me. Oh, this, yeah. That might be Go the on. worst loss in the United uh, history. Uh, maybe, maybe. Oh, yeah, that yeah, game was infuriating. Oh, for sure. Because, yeah, I think just the, the amount of things that were happening that yeah. match, that's definitely, you know. Meanwhile, Guzan's chilling in Trinidad while the U.S. missed the World Cup. Yep. <sighs> Yep, for sure. Uh, but yeah, speaking of those previous matches, yeah, of course there's that snowy six-one massive beatdown in uh, their home opener um, mm -hmm. for them ever in MLS. You have our one-nil win against them last season, where we were resolute. We played ugly. We did everything we needed to see out the match no. after LGP got that red. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, shithousery at its finest. Exactly, and. Yeah, it's uh, it's been an up and down type of uh, you know, kind of matchup between us and Minnesota United. So it sure. should uh, you know, not disappoint for fireworks probably at the very least, uh, because their fans apparently hate Atlanta United really, really. Apparently, we're not authentic well. enough. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Get a bigger fan base. Exactly. So, uh, but let's get into uh, what Minnesota United can do. They are a team that will sit back. They aren't really, really good in possession. Uh, they will really work really hard and kind of steal the ball from us, intercept uh, a lot of our balls. And because, yeah, I mean, you have uh, Alonzo in their side, a, mm. you know, an MLS Cup winner, uh, uh, just a, a veteran of Seattle Sounders. He's a guy that has brought a lot of uh, just, you know, kind of resolute defending to their team and so they're at least a lot you know better in that regard um yeah they're much much better at uh you know creating <coughs> blush uh creating and scoring chances uh than we are at this point right now yeah that's for sure yeah um and so you know it's something that we will have to deal with uh because you know if they get their chance they're gonna take it yeah i mean this sounds like a classic counter-attack style kind of approach and i think the yeah. match sets up well for them in that regard yeah especially you know, us at home exactly you know the team we've seen this time again teams come in sit back it's a mm -hmm. nice open playing field you can get out on the break right a player like darwin quintero which like if he played for seattle or portland or whatever he would have a much bigger profile in this league he's yeah. very good i mean the goal he's already got a decent profile yeah like, exactly yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, uh, you know, he's a guy that uh, you have to absolutely have to watch for them. He's mm -hmm. got five goals, three assists, and 12 appearances already this season. Mm -hmm. um, yes, he's definitely their danger man for sure. He plays pretty much across their, their front line. So, uh, yeah, he's a guy that you just have to, you know, either stick a Eric Rometty or a Jeff Lorenowitz on and really hope that he can contain him. Um, yeah, another guy is Ico Parr coming over from Sporting Kansas City. I sure. Mean, you know, a guy that, uh, sort of Kansas City are definitely missing, I think. Yeah. And he's a guy that uh, just is a boss for them. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's kind of a, I don't, 
controversial move, you know, spending a lot of money on a yeah. defender, uh-huh. you know, but uh, it's it's worked out for them so far. Yeah, d- definitely, definitely. I mean, uh, you know, so he's got 2.2 tackles per game, 5.9 clearances per game. I mean, he is doing work in the back line. And uh, you also have Jan Gregis, a uh, defensive midfielder for them, who is a guy who's probably uh, a guy that likes to dictate things from midfield. He's already got three assists from there, yeah. sitting next to uh, Alonzo. I mean, he's a guy that, uh, you know, like you have to also contain him. I think, you know, if it's a PT that's starting, you have to see if PT can, uh, you know, sit on him a little bit. Yeah. At least be in the, his area. Yeah, I think uh, Alonzo and Gregus are going to be uh, hugely important, especially for how they're going to approach this match, most likely conceding possession. Yeah. You know, you need that solid base, the two midfielders sitting in front of the defense. Yeah. And, you know, he's shown, Gregus has shown that he can create from that position. Yeah, you know, if it's a ball over the top uh, for Quintero, I mean, it's just like, it's uh, something that we need to look out for, for sure. Definitely. Which uh, gets us to uh, some of the keys to this match for us, and definitely, uh, it's been our Achilles heel this season, I think. Uh, It's safe to say that now, uh, it's finishing our chances. Can we do it? Like, whatever we create, we have to be icy cool in front of goal, and so far, we haven't shown it. Yeah. Um, You know, and... It's the first time we've lost uh, back-to-back uh, for a long time. Can we get on track? And you don't want to see a three-game slide. And so this is very, very important to get us back in the right direction. Yeah. Can we do it? So, yeah. uh, you know, all the, you know, knowing that they're going to be a little bit more sit-and-counter team, what are we going to do with all the possession? That's going to be hugely important. Yeah, I mean, it, this is really... This is really the uh, type of game that tests a possession team. Yeah. You know, the team that is going to sit back but also look to hit on the break. Yeah. You know, like Atlanta United have to keep the ball well, have to move the ball, but also be vigilant defensively. I think this is going to be a tough matchup. Definitely. Yeah, yeah it definitely will. Um, and, you know, will more fatigue catch up with us? Yeah. Uh, yes, there are slightly more days. There's four days of rest this time, which... Uh, theoretically should be a little easier. And it's, PD and Escobar did not start. So. Right. So, yeah, that right side, if uh, they <clears throat> will try to cheat over or at least, um, you know, play to the right side a little bit more, will be somewhere that we could look to exploit. Maybe we can, uh, and maybe we can combine a little bit on that side. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so let's get into some of these uh, these match facts for this match. Uh, Minnesota United, they have conceded at least two goals in 19 of the last 22 away matches. That's an interesting stat because it really kind of helps us in this regard. So, yeah, it means they're probably a little bit better at home. But, you know, in terms of uh, on the road, they are likely to ship some goals. And I think Atlanta shown that they need to score that first goal, especially with the style as it is now. You know, it makes it so much easier to control the game. Exactly. Catch teams out when they come out. So uh, yeah, that first goal for for Atlanta is going to be huge. Yeah, uh, and then that uh, there have been under two and a half goals scored in Minnesota United's last five games. Also very interesting to note. And uh, Atlanta United are undefeated in eighteen of their last nineteen home matches in MLS. It's of you course know, going back to last season, postseason right. run, MLS Cup. Yeah, so you know we're still pretty stout at home. And yeah, we've kept a clean sheet in our last three matches at home. Some good things to note. We'll see if we can keep that up. Sure. So uh, in terms of some of the injuries for Atlanta United, 
Uh, you know, we talked about Kevin Kratz coming back into training. Brandon Vasquez has come back into training. Of course, George Bellow is out still long term. So, uh, and largely on the whole, everybody else is pretty much healthy. Of course, Ezeko Barco is away, as you may know. And so, uh, that gets us to our predicted starting 11 for this match to get a W. What do you think is going to happen? Or what do you think uh, Farm to Board is going to happen? Let's go through the line together. Yeah, Rob? sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, so, Bragg is in, obviously. Of course. Between the sticks, who do you have as your, uh, your right back? Escobar. Yeah, definitely coming back in. Yeah. You know, more uh, more rest for him, and then you know now and it's he he got an assist fresh. last match. You know, yeah, like, exactly. You see, you know what he can bring. Yeah, you know that he can uh, definitely bring some chances uh, going to the byline for sure. Uh, I think it's Robinson definitely for sure. Yeah, um, you know, he got a rest recently, so you know I don't think you're gonna see him rest too much. He's 22. He's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, you know, who's the left center back? That's where it's interesting. Who do you have? I have Perez, uh -huh. um, and just a little preview. I have mostly a strong lineup because uh -huh. you know they're on a two-game losing streak. I think the board and the team will want to turn this around. Yeah. I think they're going to go with their first-choice defense at least. Yeah. Um, I think it's Pogba coming in who did really, really well against Vancouver Whitecaps. I think LGP. Uh, you know, you can see a little bit of his heavy legs against uh, RSL late in the match. I think it's, yeah, he hasn't gotten a rust at all during this run. I think this is the match that you see him uh, get that rest. And Pogba uh, can, um, you know, and, and looks good on the ball in that left center back position. I know a lot of you are still saying he should play left back. Uh, I, I just don't think you should do that in a uh, an MLS match uh, unless you see him, like, come in when we're up. And you just see him, you know, try to bomb up and down the left side or something like that. Yeah. I, I don't know if he has the legs for that, but yeah. uh, you know, if uh, if there is a moment to do that, we'll see. Left back wise, who do you have? Uh, I got Shay. I think uh, you know he, he's the easy first choice left back right now. I don't think he's been bad. Yeah, you know? and it's been you know going back and forth yeah. between Parky and Shay. Yeah. Um, it's it's difficult to call, I think, but yeah, Shay. I think for me as well. Um, you know, he does. Uh, just have a little bit more and better service from the left side than Aparki does. Um, and I don't think that, you know, you're going to see as much of a need for kind of the defensive side of it because Minnesota United's going to sit back as much. So right. you need a guy who can uh, try at least to But at the same the time, like, you know he can run back. Yeah. Know, because if, in case Minnesota gets on the counter. Right. Uh, now he isn't like the most speedy guy, but yes, you know, there is that. But uh, so in the middle as well now then, uh, I think we're both in agreement. Nagby. Nagby, yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think you need a guy to control the possession in this match when we are definitely going to control a lot of possession. Yeah. Yeah, so you want that guy who can break the lines when we are. Nagby playing his natural position. Yes. Right, yeah, exactly. And uh, that's, okay, also where we differ, I think. Uh, who's going to be next to Nagby for you? I think it's Rometty. Uh, yeah. I think uh, you want a midfielder who's going to cover a little more ground in this match, maybe uh -huh. someone who's going to mark Quintero. Mm -hmm. uh, and you've seen how DeBoer has used Rometty. Rometty actually is important to the possession play as well. He will sometimes collect the ball from Guzan. Yeah. So uh, I, I think you see Rometty in Nagby period. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think you know Rometty not playing his best match last uh, against uh, RSL. I think you have just Jeff Lerner was, uh, you know, you know, he's got his legs under him, I think, uh, at least a little bit. Um, more so than Remetti, because, 
you have to remember, Romeo just came back from that head injury. Right. Um, I think, you know, Jeff can do a job on Quintero. It's just a matter of how well is he going to be able to do it. Uh, because, yeah, I mean, you saw him not really close down too well uh, last match. But, you know, and Quintero, he, he can, you know, chip it. He can uh, shoot a little bit from distance. I yeah. mean, I think, you know, the wily veteran in Jeff Romeo is our best bet here. Sure. But... Um, yeah, moving on into the attacking midfielders. Let's go with the left midfielder first. Who do you got? I have uh, Miram lining up, actually. Yep. I mm -hmm. think that uh, he showed some decent signs. I think he just needs a little more playing time with the team. Yeah. And I think in with a more first-choice lineup, mm -hmm. there's not as much pressure on him. Yeah. He can have an impact on this match. Yeah. Um, I think Miram agreed uh, on the left side uh, because, um, you know, he is good in possession as well as familiar. Um, and so us having to play this, it'll be a little bit easier. Uh, he won't have to, he, he is pacey uh, himself, but he won't have to get up and down because I think, you know, coming back, it was not really the, the best signs in the Vancouver match. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think for me, because he's playing on the left, uh, normally where Pereira was playing last match anyway, yeah. uh, he moves over to the right for me. Okay. And I think uh, because he still, uh, he was subbed off, he has the legs, I think, uh, to still make an impact in this match. Yes, there still is that little bit of familiarity, but it's just, we need some rotation. It's tough. It's really, really tough. Yeah. Who do you have on the right? Uh, I got Gressel. I know that he's, you know, tired, not in the best form, but uh, Tito, I'm not sure, you know. If, yeah, he's day to day. Yeah. We have no idea how long that actually is. And he might. Could use a rest, so yeah. yeah I think uh, I think yeah, you go with Russell again. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe he gets himself, you know, yeah. gets on the score sheet, gets an assist in this match. Yeah, know. and yeah, you know, kicks on and makes his uh, you know turns around the season a little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I think uh, in the ten role, it's PT Martinez. Uh, sure. He got the rest, so he's coming in fresh and uh, hopefully to affect this match and really pull the strings and make things happen in the box for Atlanta United. Yeah, if there was a match where we needed PD to be like the player of the match, it would be this one, I think. Yeah, I think definitely for sure. And up top, it's gotta be Jose Martinez. Gotta I be. mean, uh, <laughs> he hasn't really rested at all in this stretch, yeah. but it is one of those things like he's been able to kind of <laughs> save his legs a little bit. Uh, he hasn't looked all that knackered. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, playing the striker position, there is a difference in the amount of running, I guess, uh, and some of the times you can actually kind of chill offside a little bit and yeah. then come back in and make that curling run. So, you know, the amount of running is not midfield, that's for sure. Yeah, so, and it's just, you know, he, realistically, he realistically, who do you bring in? You know right, I mean? exactly. Like, there's Romario, I mean, he's a fine player, but he's not quite just. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the difference in them is quite stark. Yeah. Uh, Romario not quite as good as uh, Jose Martinez as in holding up the ball. Uh, kind of more of a guy that can run onto a ball uh, with, you know, kind of running it behind or running at players, uh, trying to dribble from the wing. But if anything, I think there's an outside shot of Tito starting a striker, but yeah. no, it, we're in agreement with Joseph, I think. Yeah. So uh, that gets us to our score prediction for this match. And yeah, I mean, you know, this is with all the stats uh, that we've just mentioned, what do you think is going to happen? 
Yeah, I think this is setting up for a 2-1. Uh, you know, maybe uh, Lena go up 2-0 and then uh, can let one in at the uh -huh. end. But uh, yeah, we saw that uh, there have not been a lot of mat uh, a lot of goals in Minnesota's recent matches. And same yeah. thing with Atlanta. And you know, if we're yeah. expecting Minnesota to come in and camp, yeah. I think that it's going to be... We're not going to see too many shots on goal, I think, overall. Mm. So yeah, I'm thinking a 2-1. Yeah, uh, I agree. I agree. It's a 2-1. I mean, it, it's largely they are apt to ship goals on the road. Uh, we do create a lot of chances at home. And I think, though, uh, you know, we will score first and that will kind of open it up slightly for us. And, you know, they'll get one, but we can finish off the match and right this ship. So that is good news. And that does it for the match preview and gets us to the question of the day. A lot of guys have played a lot of minutes recently. How much rotation do you expect Wednesday night? You've heard our starting 11. Get in the comments, tweet at us, let us know what you guys think. That's it for us today. Remember to subscribe to us if you haven't already. Share this episode and leave us a review and rating so we can pop up higher in your rankings. And for Mark, I'm AJ. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>